Amazing Kate Casey. Hi guys, welcome back to another week's episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. I don't know if you're prepared for what I'm about to bring to you. I tracked down John Goslin from John and Kate Plus 8. And here's the funny thing. As of April 4th, my birthday, it's the 10-year anniversary of John and Kate Plus 8. John and Kate obviously are divorced now. They have eight children and they live in central Pennsylvania, not too far from where I was raised. So I tracked him down. And the funny thing was, I was going to interview him a couple months ago, and he sort of uh, went off the grid for a little while. I was a little worried about him. And then someone delivered to me a gift from God, and it was an article on TMZ that said that John Goslin was going to be stripping at an Atlantic City casino. So I thought to myself, I've got to check back with my old pal, John. So I sent him a note, and it was actually it was Friday night, and he said, yeah, sure, I'd love to talk to you. How's tomorrow at 945? Here was the problem. I came down with laryngitis of some sorts, and I had basically no voice. So yours truly went to an urgent care at the crack of dawn on a Saturday. And the doctor said, I'm going to have to give you a shot in your butt. It's what I did for Fleetwood Mac years ago. And I said, I really don't care what you have to do as long as I can talk to John Gosling. He also said, this is probably going to hurt. And I reminded him that uh, four children have left my vagina. So a shot in my butt's probably no big thing. So I got a shot and uh, I went on to do the interview. So when you're listening to it, and if it sounds like it's not me, it actually is me. I just uh, had come down with some sort of vocal fry because I was screaming at my son at baseball practice the week before. So anyway, prepare yourself. I, I think you're going to really enjoy the interview and what I came to realize is that John Goslin is a lot smarter than everyone thinks he is. And I think he has some really interesting insight into raising children on reality television. I also was able to speak with Sonia Morgan's rogue Irish intern. She worked for her for a short period of time. And apparently, from what I hear, she's going to come up in episode two of Real Housewives of New York in this new season because... They did not uh, leave on great terms, so that's going to come around again. So I'm really excited to have Rachel McMahon on the show. And then one of your old favorites, Steve Stoff, your pal, my pal. I had him watch Sweet Home Oklahoma, which is a great new show on Bravo, and the season finale of Vanderpump Rules, which was the Schwartz and Katie wedding and Sheena and Shay's announcement that they were going to get a divorce, which, if you watched, was one of the most glorious hours of television history. So here we go. Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500, 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500, 500. Okay, so my first question is, um, how did you get on the show? Was it more your idea or her idea? Um, it was more, we were in the press a lot, 
and it was a production company approached us, Figure Eight Films. Then they're out of Raleigh, North Carolina, and they uh, said they, you know, worked with Discovery Health Channel and they wanted to do a documentary about our twins and our six. And we were like, okay, you know, what's this involve? And they explained everything and when we're going to film and stuff because it was just a documentary. So it was a couple months of filming, like one day this month, a couple days the next month. And then we did Surviving Sex Supplements and Twins. And it turned out to be the number one rated docuseries ever on Discovery Health. So then they were like, well, we want to do a follow-up. We're like, okay, that was Kate's Tummy Tuck, the follow-up show where we met the Glassmans and all those people. Mm-hmm. And that was a higher rated docu- documentary than the first one. So... A couple months went by, I think like six or seven months, and we're just living our life. I worked for the governor at the time, and Kate was a stay-at-home mom, but she was working weekends as a nurse, and then I would take the weekend shift. And then one day I got a call at work, and Kate was like, they want to do a reality series about our family. And I was like, what's a reality series? Because yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's like 2005, you know? So... There was no reality shows. There was like Big Brother, Real World. There was network shows, but no cable shows. So I was like, well, well, we'll talk about, because, you know, my job was very secure. I work for the governor. Like, I'm not supposed to be a public figure. I'm in IT, all this stuff. And I didn't know what was going to happen. But it was still on Discovery Health at the time. So obviously we ended up doing it. The original show was called Multiple Mayhem. That was in our contract. And then we, then I said, I really don't like the title. If it's going to be our show, we should call it something, you know, that's clicky and everything. I said, how about Johnny K plus eight? And then like, they loved it. So that stuck. That went in the contract. Um, we filmed our first season. Well, we filmed 20 episodes. So what they did was they made it season 1A and 1B. So they made it eight episodes in 1A and 12 in 1B, which is technically season one and two. And then after season two, the ratings were through the roof. They switched us to TLC. It's still under the Discovery umbrella, but you go from a viewership of 17 million worldwide to 92 million worldwide. So, you know, um, we're like, this is huge. That's when things got crazy. And then their third season, we filmed 40 episodes. Um, I quit my job at the state and um, it just took off. It's crazy. Do you, um, does it feel like a, like a million years ago? Oh yeah, it's like 10 years ago. It's like, now I'm at watching my kids play sports and, you know, who knows where my boys went. They just ran off somewhere, digging in the dirt, playing on their phones. Who knows? <laughs> Hopefully not digging in the dirt with their phones. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, look what I did. This is a cool Snapchat. Yeah, dude, you ruined your phone. I'm not buying you a new one. They're like, <laughs> they're ordering stuff off of Amazon. Um, no, they're Snapchatting every second of their life. Oh, do they? <clears throat> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but it's only with their friends, so it's not like a public right. thing. So, um, Do you still keep in touch with the crew that worked on your show? Uh, I haven't really talked to them in a while. Um, so in season four, we... You know, that's that's the time of our separation and all that stuff was going on. So we actually filmed separately. So Kate had her film crew, uh, cameraman, audio guy, producer, and I had my own. Um, But I was still friends with her guys, too, because when you live with people, it's just like they become your family. Yeah. So, you know, and it's weird to see the progression now. Like the old PAs that I filmed with are now Kate's producers because they've moved through the company. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I went to my producer's wedding. I went to her baby shower back in the day. Um, I hung out with my cameraman's family in Tennessee, which was amazing in, Memphis, in uh, Nashville. Um, but I haven't, I've really, haven't really talked to them. I talked to Matt Hightower. He was my old producer once in a while. He lives in New York. But, the, you know, everyone came from all over. So, and everyone's working on different projects. You know, last I heard my old cameraman, Scott, he's a producer now. But then he was the producer for the Duggars. So, because it was within the same production family. Mm-hmm. So, it's like when all that crap went down, that ended. So, um, I don't know. I haven't really touched base. I don't really talk to people of my past. Yeah. Only, so, a lot of only people. select people like, like, the paparazzi guys that I actually develop friendship with, they're not even paparazzi. They're just like professional photographers. Yeah. Like I'm still really good friends with them. Cause when it, just like you have your producers, you see these people every single day. Well, so let me ask you this. I know like I lived in central Pennsylvania. So when a photographer would take a picture of you in central PA, that's a professional photographer or somebody from like a tabloid no, in New York. That's a, no, they're well, Let's, tabloids can't afford to have their own photographers. They do studio shoots when they, they sub, but it's all paparazzi. They're all freelance. Or they work for an agency like Splash or INF or Getty Images or, you know, um, smaller agencies or they're freelance. And the freelancers, they sell their pictures to bigger photography agencies. So, like, for instance, Splash got bought by Microsoft and became the largest photographic agency in the world. Now, Microsoft just sold it to another company in Britain, um, and my friend Jason, who started at Splash forever ago, he now runs, like, the U.S. office. But okay. it's weird because, like, down at the beach, I always see Jason because he's got a place in Margate. So it's like, you know, <laughs> and I work they, in Atlantic City. But when they took the pictures, they would take a picture of you guys, like, or Kate, maybe, um, like, grocery shopping in the, the middle of Pennsylvania. No, real... They're real photographer, like they're real paparazzi. They come from New York. They drive down from New York and take pictures. That's weird. Yep. It's like why would they go to it's Pennsylvania? It's out of place. It's like putting a cow in New York City. Yeah, but also right. like who cares about her shopping at Costco? Magazines do because they make money. I don't know. It's all what the edit. It's all what the photo editors deem necessary, and it's return on investment. You don't think you that remember, you don't think you that she remember, calls like her people call and say, well, you oh, know, I'm sure. we've I'm sure. like I don't want anybody to forget about me, so here's a picture. Oh uh, yeah, everyone does that though. Yeah. Everyone. I mean, I'm not on TV anymore, so I don't care. Take my picture. I smile in every single picture, like when I'm DJing. Yeah, I get it. So do you um, do you regret being on uh, television? Like, what what are your feelings now, looking back? Oh. I never thought the fame and all that stuff would follow. You know what I mean? I thought I could just quit, and I didn't realize they would sue me. But I just thought I could walk away, and just like when you quit any job, you can go do what you want. It doesn't work like that at all. So my advice to other people going back on television is, you know, be careful what you sign, be careful what you sign up for, and be, you know look towards the future because it, it'll follow you. It really depends on what kind of show. I mean, we had the number one reality show ever. So that's a little different than Survivor or whatever. Right. Because I've met people. And how are the kids doing? Because people would want to know, like, all these years later, did it, did it help or hurt them? What do you think? 
I won't know till they're adults, until they actually can speak freely on their own out of her way. Right. Like, I kind of just let them say or express themselves to me, but you can tell they're hesitant once yeah. they're adults and they realize they have, well, money, financial freedom, and, you know, uh, a safe space to speak their own mind. Then we'll see what happens. You know, right now my focus is finding my son and talking to him and reconnecting with him and doing all that kind of stuff. So, um, cause she's really estranged me from him and my twins and Alexis. So I see Alexis once in a while. Right now it's my four, Hannah, Leah, Joel, and Aiden. And that I spend the most time with. And, how, and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how do you cope with that? Because I'm a parent. I, I can imagine that's incredibly difficult. It is. Um, but, you know, the kids that are dedicated to you and want to be with you and are with you, those are the ones you got to focus on. And then on the back burner, you got to look at trying to reconnect with them. But now you got to go through a court system, which, huh, our court system in this country has failed us miserably, miserably, especially to tax paying people. It's like it's it's almost disgusting how much I have to go through just to be able to see my son who is shipped off to somewhere that I don't even know where he is. I have a good idea, but I don't really have 100% clarification on that. It's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. So that's what I live with every single day. Plus working, plus, you know, working in, I mean, I consider DJing a normal job. Most people don't, but you know what? I have a house, I have a car, I provide for my family, I pay my bills, I pay my taxes, I take care of my kids, I drive in lacrosse games, I do everything a normal parent does, a single parent. And I work, not on television, and I don't make money off of my kids, right. which is another huge issue. You know, they all make money, but my income isn't driven off of them working. They're not my employees. So the the um, the, the the courts in Pennsylvania are they very pro mother? Uh, I don't think they're pro mother. I think just the ways the laws are written, they are very generalized towards the female side but I can't you can't blame a judge he's just uh, enforcing the law do you know what I mean mm-hmm. you know laws law laws are written to protect people and to help people but it's like getting to court getting a court date hiring an attorney filing motions filing petitions because you don't agree filing contempts because it's contempt um, which is a violation of a judge's order. Getting, there's no penalty in civil court. What's the penalty? Oh, you're going to fine me? You don't put people in jail. There's no, you know, it's so dumb. Like, she can take my custody away and I can file contempt. And how long is that going to take? What, what's the penalty? Right. It's like speeding and getting a warning every single time. There's no penalty. You just And you just keep on speeding because... You never get penalized. You were under a gag order, so you were not able to discuss anything. How long will that last for? I don't know yet. I have no idea. It's frustrating. Um, it's like taking your freedom of speech away for eight years. How did that happen? It's an order. I know, but I'm saying yeah. you just there's just no way that you guys can compromise at all. Well, it was originally to protect the kids. So, like, if you got TMZ'd, like, if they ran up to you with a camera coming out of the courtroom you wouldn't say anything 
because they wanted to seal the records. You know, they wanted to make sure the kids were protected and neither side would say anything. And now they're teenagers. What's the point? They've been on TV for 10, 10 years. Who so, are you trying to protect? So when will she, you when will you be able to be more open? I don't know. I'll find out maybe in this year. Okay. You know. So tell me what you're up to now. Um, work-wise, I DJ. So, so you worked in you work, <laughs> you say you worked in tech and then you stopped. Yeah, doing I worked that. in tech. I'm going back. I'm going back to tech. I have a lot of huge interviews. Uh, with different companies i'm just kind of like deciding what i want to do and where i want to work i want to stay local but it's really hard at the job market where i live um so i'll probably end up going to philadelphia or king of prussia or valley forge uh, you know where there's more people and there's more tech businesses right um i had some really big interviews this week um but i'm gonna do both i'm gonna dj on the side and keep my um full-time job so i mean it's only eight hours a day. I can do it. I did sex top oh. Right. And then, and then you also DJ. Do you still DJ? Yeah. So what, yeah, I still DJ. I work in Atlantic city. I work at dusk. I work in places in Philadelphia, some bars and some really big bars and stuff. But, um, I, uh, I'm moving to promotion now. So like one of the flyers that went out is men on tamed. Um, it's on April 1st, Saturday, this coming Saturday. Um, I'm an integral part of the show. Yeah, it's a big surprise to everybody, um, but it's promotion. Yeah, you know, that's what I do. Do you know that's on TMZ this morning? Yeah, I know. I sent oh, it to him. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. Uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah, if it's that big of it. That's big of a secret. Um, yeah, yeah. I tweeted it. So, so wait, you know, been, it's like you've been working out for like a couple of weeks. I just talked to you like I don't know, like two months ago, and this wasn't. I don't. Was that in the works then? Yeah, because it's promotional and it's under the dusk umbrella, which is Caesars. Okay. So, you know, it's another brand part of the dust complex. Um, so, so you're going to be dancing? You're going to be dancing? I can't say anything. You'll you'll either come to the show and know or well, John, I'll do a press, you gave it to I'll do a pre- John, do you a gave it release. to you gave it to TMZ with the whole flyer. It says you're dancing. It does not. It says I'm debuting, but no, I might no, be dancing. No, no, no. The TMZ piece says it's going to be burlesque. Well, that's TMZ. But not, that's T- it's not going to be like that, Magic Mike, like nuts in your face. That's, it's going to be like that's just That's TMZ. So you know from the media what TMZ does. So let TMZ do what they want because they're falling right into my plan. It's all good. Promotion's promotion is okay. promotion, regardless that if you use yourself no or not. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so where so people can come to Atlantic City on April first and see you on your fortieth birthday dancing. Yep. Okay. Um, I want you to repeat the one thing about the gag order because I think that's really pe- intri- like yeah. important for people to understand. So I just want you to explain that so people understand okay. that you can. I, I, I as a parent, I I really like think- even like for instance, even talking about the gag order is a violation of my order. It makes no sense. It's a, it's a, I don't even care any at this point where you're going to find me in contempt for talking about something that I can't defend myself with. So the gag order was put on me uh, a couple years ago. Um, and Kate, we're not to talk about our kids or anything in the press about court or any custody or any of that stuff yet. It all gets out there somehow. So I feel like she talks about it. I feel like she talks about it. It's contempt. If I talk about it to defend myself, it's contempt. So I, I started playing fairly and saying, I'm not going to talk about this stuff. And now it's just like ridiculous. I can't even, um, 
explain myself is someone comes up to me and says, yo, you don't take care of your kids. Yo, you don't pay child support. Yo, you don't do this. I'm like, I'm not available to discuss that with anybody, third party or not. I see. Okay. Why do people come near me? Just, oh, God, the fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude, does that like, happen to you? People just keep Yeah, coming. they like roll up next to me all the time. And I always oh. have to walk away. Can't even have a private conversation. Um, are you going to get married again? <sighs> do you think you'll get married again? I like marriage. So, I don't know, maybe. I've yeah. been with Colleen for almost three years. I would imagine it's, it's hard huge to find. part of my life. Hard to find a normal person, right? It's hard to find a normal person if you're still on television. It's easy to find a normal person if you work a normal job and have a normal life. I have a quasi-normal life, which means I have a normal life down here in reality and working. But in the media, most people don't have the media that I have. Got it. All right. You know what I mean? what is, what's the one thing you want people to know about you? Uh, I want people to know that I'm a caring person, loving father. Um, despite what they read on TMZ. Um, <laughs> but you give to TMZ, okay. Yeah, it's part of my job, though, so it's different. You know, when it's part of your work and that's what you do and that's how you make money and that's how you provide for your family, you know? That's so confusing. Okay. Yeah, because it's part of my quasi-normal life. Okay. I feel like I need to um, sleep and on this and understand it. So where can people find you, like... Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why it's hard to understand that. If I work in entertainment and I can promote myself and make more money and pay for my lawyers, because that ain't cheap, then why wouldn't I use that brand? So, for instance, if I was a plumber, I'm still famous. If I was an electrician, I'm still famous because I've been all those things after I le- uh, got divorced and left TV. And I've been photographed on job sites and I've been photographed doing the normal work. Well, I think what I'm saying is confusing. Is like um, to give things to TMZ, but then to say TMZ, you can't trust them, and then they embellish things. It's like, well, you give them info, but then you say you're you're answering your own question. Yeah, you're answering your own question, though. So you're okay. I'll explain it to you off the record. (laughs) Okay. 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 Because then you'll get it, and then you'll be like, oh my god. Got it. All right. Um, So tell everybody where they can find you. Um, in Atlantic City, April 1st, at the Dust Complex in Caesars. On. Okay, and what, what's your Instagram and your Twitter? Uh, my Instagram is John Gosselin 1. It's not verified yet. Um, my Facebook is John Gosselin Verified. My Twitter is John Gosselin Verified. Got it. Well, thank you so much. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really great to talk to you. and um, Yeah, I'm going to text you my number that way because then you don't have to use Skype. It's weird. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hello to the kids. Yep. The boys are standing right here aboard. I'm awesome. sure they are. That's my <laughs> life, too. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, John. I know everybody right now is on a health kick, and that's why I want to tell you about Row Body Program. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. It could be you too. 
Rowbody program members have support throughout the process. Rose partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. I have on the line Rachel McMahon. I'm hoping I say that correctly. Um, she's Irish, which is, you know, I'm Irish, American Irish. So she's my peeps. Rachel was an intern for Sonia Morgan and I needed to give just ask her a bunch of questions because I'm totally fascinated so Rachel say hello hi how are you Kate I'm good okay so here are my questions ready quick fire okay Anne Lasperance wants to know how'd you get the job well um I was I think I was binge watching a couple of episodes um of the show and I saw some of the interns hanging out at her house. And I just remember casually thinking to myself, that kind of looks cool. Crazy, but cool. You know, I never thought at the time that it'd be something I'd even apply for. But I went back to college as a mature student and I had to seek placement for the following year. So just randomly, I decided to send an email through her website saying, how would you like to take me on for six months? And I never thought I'd hear back from her. And the next thing I got an email saying, you know, send through your resume. Um, So I'd worked in social media before and in broadcasting. And I'd been I was I was also writing for a blog at the time. So I had a good bit of work experience under my belt. So she seemed pretty happy with my experience. And we had a a very in-depth interview Uh, and not only did I get offered the the placement for that was going to happen in 2014 but I was asked to come out that summer and that was in uh, I went out in May 2013 (coughs) so that's how it came about I just sent her an email through her website so she did she say you can live here with with me too yeah I was on the phone and she was she was sort of naming out all the rooms and she was like oh there's that room and there might be an intern in that room um, but that room is free. The one below me, I think, would be free. And now, I was there. Going, didn't I you think that was? Didn't you think that was kind of weird? Like I'm going to go work for this woman in America, and she says I can live with her. I think the the fact that um, I I don't know. I I actually didn't think about that straight away. Um, and I I kind of felt like you know I don't know anyone out there, but. I guess she's on TV and, you know, so I won't, I won't, I I won't get murdered because I'm going to be on a television show. So it'll probably be okay. Living with someone who's on a television show. I don't know why I thought that my grandmother was terrified. She didn't want me to go. Okay. Well, I think your grandmother probably sounds like a reasonable person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, she had more sense than I did. I was just like, you know, I feel so, this house has been on television. You know, I mean, there's gonna there might be cameras coming in and out. You know, then might notice if 
someone goes missing. I don't know. And, I the, really and, and, the, home, and the home may be foreclosed on, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, so Debbie Dolly wants to know, how long do interns last? Like, did you see, like, a lot of turnover? Like, uh, where did Pickles go? She disappeared. How long do people normally stay? I think it depends because I was I went I went out there for the summer. So I was going to stay for three months and uh, I was then going to come back and do six months placement, which was, was my college requirement for credits. So I'm not I, I actually don't think I ever asked anyone specifically who was in college how long um, they were going to be there for, like how, what the set time was. Well, do you think that the um, P- the other interns actually go to real schools, or they go to something called like basket basket weaving university or <laughs> Malarkey? No, no, no. College. Um, they were going to FIT and LIM, and one of the jobs when I was out there was you know I had to go through all of her her emails and let her know what was coming through every day, and I had worked uh, before I went back to college. I had worked um, in. Uh, an online fashion retail company and um we used to take on people uh in the same fashion like we we get emails from the college they'd say we have a group of people that we think you might be interested in give us a call if you want to interview them and that was kind of happening with the emails with sonia so the process seemed very very similar now i don't know the the ins and outs of it but i do know that there were people there who were in college um and that they were getting credit for it. So, um, so somebody out, was, somebody out there got a degree in um, psychology, and one of their internships was a, an internship in Sonia Morgan's lair. In in psychology? Uh, well, I, I don't know what kind of degree you could get with that. The qualification is you get an internship with a woman on a Real Housewives show. It just sounds crazy. I know, I know, it, it, I know. It does sound crazy. Um, I don't I mean like I felt the reason that I was interested um to pursue it and travel all the way from Ireland out to New York was because I felt I could help her on the social media side of things with strategy getting more followers and fans across all of her social media platforms so that was sort of the compelling aspect to me there was a lot of people who were very interested in the style and fashion aspect of things um, because she had this like uh, lifestyle business with a toaster oven and bangle bracelets and one shoulder dresses. So they thought that maybe they would learn the ropes of the business and at some point be able to launch their own ancillary toaster business, muffin top um, <laughs> bracelet business, I'm assuming. International lifestyle brands, etc. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and the word the word was that um getting a reference from her was was great in new york city oh but um, according to her or to somebody who actually is to, um to, to, normal? to a few other people i won't name um who i would take who i would have taken seriously they were saying it's it's worth it's really worth getting a reference and and, and having her name on on your resume um okay and i also I guess I kind of look. I kind of looked as well. I kind of did a little bit of a stalk on LinkedIn before um, I went out there to see if other interns had how they'd gotten on, and they'd gone on to work um, in social media with fashion companies like Chanel. And I was like, wow, oh my god, um, maybe maybe there's something here that's substantial. Maybe it's just going to be more than an experience for me. Maybe it's going to be, maybe it's it's, it's actually going to. I'm going to learn something new and 
you know, the chance to go to Manhattan. And I was I was actually hoping as well to make connections out there because I would love to come back and, and work in America. And I expressed that to Sonia in my interview that I would love to meet people and, and make connections. So, you know, okay. it was... Well, all right, so you move into her house. Suzanne Bailey wants to know, is the house covered in dog poop? Just yes or no? <laughs> no, it's not. No. Okay. And you, it's not decrepit. You like, do you have hot water? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, we did. You, um, do, were there doorknobs on the doors? There were doorknobs on the doors. Did you have, did you have access to food? Did she provide food for you? Oh, everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. Everything from ice cream to shampoo to tampons, literally everything. She provided tampons. Now that's interesting. Okay. My my first day, an intern was showing me around and I was brought down to the basement and they're like, here's everything you need in case, you know, and all that. And here's your, you know, aspirin if you wanted and some conditioner and there's some tampons. And like that always stuck with me because I was just like, okay, wow. Um, yeah, everything was there that you could that you could need, which was wonderful. Was that um, was that basement almost set up like a bomb shelter? I, see, there seemed to be like a lot of everything down there, but it was like it was kind of organized, you know. Um, I remember that whole episode where all of the remember all the oil. There was yeah, of oil I there. feel like she had like a crimper in there. She had some like toys from her child. Like there was some weird stuff in there. Yeah, I don't ever remember seeing the oil, but I do remember like there was suitcases down there. There was some gardening impl- or implements down there. I don't know. There's a lot down there. Okay. You know. um, Ashley Colavito wants to know, um, were there more than one printer in the house? Was there a printer two, three, four? Why were they not all working? Oh, my God. This is a difficult thing for me to talk about, the printer. Um, there was one printer. There was one printer and one scanner and uh i i I, they they never worked for me uh which was kind of frustrating at times um why she give you shit about that you can't get the printer to work we we did yeah we did have a little argument i was about two weeks in and um i was trying to send uh, a document um this was sort of an important thing i had to do and i was struggling to get it through on time and she didn't really understand what what had happened because she had been down in a meeting and she came up and she was quite cross about it and um we had a little bit of an argument um and about a half an hour to an hour later we just sort of we resolved it we just kind of got oh she gets over she gets over things pretty quickly but you know if if i i i've been working for a very long time and if someone kind of gets a bit you know angry with me and won't listen to reason i will i do stand up for myself you know okay okay claudia caraveo wants to know what's the deal with the ex-husband does she still talk about him do you do we know is he still alive is he still a multimillionaire? like what's the deal anything do you know i don't know a great deal about him um I, she, I think she, she mentioned him once or twice. Uh, she seemed very respectful towards him, referred to him as Mr. Morgan. I never saw him. Um, she never calls him by his first name. She's never like that jerk John or it's always very formal. No, 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 never anything like that. 
Okay, that's um, a little weird. Okay, what yeah. about Christy Bailey wants to know? Um, did you what craziness? Did you see anything with like weird guys, pills? I don't know anything. What's the weird, grossest, weirdest thing you ever saw? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, there were there wasn't really any weird guys, but I didn't I didn't particularly like the guy she was dating at the time. He was a bit of an ass, you know. And um, do you, I, do you think was, do you think now that maybe he thought to himself, "I'd love to stay over the night, but I just can't share a bathroom with an intern." Well, he didn't have to share a bathroom. He didn't. We uh, we had our own. So um, uh, and anyway, I don't, like you know when when her daughter was there, uh, there was the guys did not. There was no guy that stayed there. You know, to my knowledge. Um, but he was over quite a lot and he just sort of, he really looked down on us as sort of being like servants and, uh, uh, he, he was kind of, he was a bit rude. Um, so he, he would, I don't know if he was weird, but he was definitely an ass. Um, as far as things, as gross things, uh, I'm trying to think because we all had to kind of clean up after ourselves. We had to, um... Everything had to be put away, like, you know, everything had to go, like, be washed or, you know, beds had to be made every day. We had to look after anything that was, you know, our own area or just help out around the place. And Sonia did her bit as well. But um, I do remember there was an episode where she was saying she was in a room and we used to work out of her bedroom, you know, in that little office that's just over by the window in, in her bedroom. <coughs> And uh, she was like, oh, I got to hide the vibrator. And I was like, I was oh my there God. and her the vibrator minute, was that near me. The minute she oh said God. that, I would have jumped out the window. Oh, my God. I, I know. I was like, please tell me she bought it after I left. I just, I didn't even want to think about it, you know. I mean, okay, a woman has a right to a vibrator, but I just, I, you know, I, Ugh. I, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry. Now, I'm guessing your grandmother oh, shit the bricks when she heard this story. Uh, I, I left that part out. Okay. I really did. Yeah, I, was, I, I wouldn't I, tell her about that. Yeah. She's probably going to lose her mind. Yeah, no, she no, she she wouldn't want to know that kind of thing at all, you know. Um, so I gave her a very condensed version of, of, of what it was like out there, you know. Wow, that's mm -hmm. intense. Did you ever have to mm -hmm. change the sheets on her bed or anything like that? No, 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 no. Oh, thank she, God. Her, she always did. Yeah, her own bed was was fine. I yeah, mean, that, that should give you, that would have given you college credit, I would think. Just even that. Yeah, because it's a pretty epic bed, you know. Well, I would um, say so. Sure. It's gorgeous, um, and I think she's had it ever since she was married. You know, I think she said that in in a an interview she did for Bravo, where she was giving a tour of her home. Um, and I'm useless at changing beds, so I'm glad. I'm glad I, she never asked me. We did like we were told like there's like light chores, um, and that yeah there was there was a few things like you know like in the morning I would bring her up some tea and breakfast and the paper, you know, and um, I, I didn't actually mind doing that because now Chrissy there, Chrissy Cooksey Chrissy Cooksey asked me to ask you. Like, what's does she have like a special diet, exercise routine? What's her regimen? Uh, well, the, the one the one thing I did notice about her is like she's she takes loads of vitamins, 
and I wish I'd asked her what she takes because she looked amazing. I do wish you asked um, her. I do wish you asked her that too. That would be that yeah. would be interesting information to know. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. So that so you stopped working for her uh, what 2016? It was 2016. I, w- I was yeah. there in New York for five for just just for five weeks, and I got incredibly homesick and I left. And I asked, I said to her, look, I'd like to continue working in Ireland if it works for you, if it works for both of us. And she said, OK. So it actually turned out that it did work out well for both of us. So I finished, it was March last year, I think, or the end of February last year that I finished working for her. So uh, it was about two years and eight months. Now, I've been total. told, I've been told that you come up this season in the show like there's gonna be a storyline with you in the store within the show are you aware of that i i i'm actually i i've i've heard things that have apparently been said about me but i don't i just don't know what to believe to be honest with you um i i'll really believe it when i see it or hear it um sonia has already you know i i just to give you give some insight i when i quit I, I suppose I, I was pretty angry because I had been working on a project with her and I was waiting to get feedback for about six months. And um, she then started to question my some of my my references, you know, um, and some of my work, which was a little offensive, you know, because we had gone through all of that and like we'd known each other for a couple of years in a professional sense. So it felt like the the pr- professional relationship as it was was breaking down. Um, so when I eventually did quit, um, I kind of went a bit Bethany Berkshire's crazy for a couple of days, and I tweeted about how you know Sonia would ask me to um, to to do stuff at like you know like post her blog at two a you know or two three a.m. when after the show aired when the blog would go live and. You know, that I would often put her first when I was at events or, you know, even in college or, you know, things like that. And she was really, really angry and said it was unprofessional, which which it was. Well, I can't wait to watch the season. I I can't imagine she'd be still so upset about it. She probably had 15 more interns since then. She said, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, there was I mean, I know from from working um, from from Ireland um, that I would often communicate with a new intern every couple of months, it's, you know, so I'd have to get to know them by their, their, their name. And the next thing it would be somebody new, you know, so there was a yeah. lot wow. um, that came. So, uh, well, what's next? Yeah, for, I, what's next for you? Are you going to stay in Ireland? Are you going to come to the States? What, what's new? Um, well, at the moment, the plan is to stay here. Um, I'm, currently working um, with a group called the Dementia Carers Community Network, which advocates for people who are carers, um, for those um, who have dementia, and they get involved in media campaigns and campaigns uh, with the government. Um, It's an issue close to my heart because my dad had it and he died. He passed away in 2012. So that's something I've been very passionate about and, and been trying to get involved with for a few years. How can people find you if they want to, tra- you know, track you down and send you a note? Oh, uh, well, I'm on Twitter and um, I'm at Miss Rachel Mack. So that's M-S-R-A-C-H-E-L-M-C. And it's uh, the same on Instagram. 
um, not very interesting, but um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, just just by just when just by mention, I mean, you know. Um, but um, I, I, I'm definitely going to be tweeting during the season anyway. Um, I'll definitely be watching episodes and uh, voicing my opinion. Well, um, that's good to know because people love to tweet during the show. So we will definitely be tra- following you and tweeting with you. That would be great. I can't wait. I love chatting. I love chatting with other fans of the show. That's that's always sort of been the reason I've I've ever talked. I've I've talked about it. Is just they love to know what it's like. Yeah. And, you know, I like to share and, and, and say what my experience was and, and, you know, what I think of it. So with four daughters and two on a dance team, I can tell you we go through a lot of mascara in my house, but I'm crazy about L'Oreal Paris new Panorama Mascara, which catches every lash for corner to corner for maximum volume. If you're looking for a new high end mascara without breaking the bank, this is yours. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. I've been using it for about two weeks now, and I feel like my eye has completely opened up, and the girls are crazy about it too. They've got a tapered brush to catch every lash, one of the best mascara wands that I've ever used. And like I said, this luxe appearance of this gold package, you gotta get it. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara. You're going to love it. Welcome back to the program. Hi. Okay. Happy to be back. I need to talk to you about Vanderpump Rules. It was the season finale this week. It was the uh, wedding of Schwartz and Katie. I know that you're a straight man, but the first question out of the gate is, what were your thoughts on the wedding just in general? I was. It was... I think more uh, well done than I was anticipating when they first started talking about their wedding plans. I never thought that they'd actually be able to get multiple people together at one location that was, you know, organized and decorated. So, well, let me ask you that. That's a good question. What had you anticipated the wedding would be like once they announced they were going to get married? What in your mind had you envisioned? I honestly thought that they would probably grovel to Lisa and have the wedding at one of her restaurants. And, you know, it would have been uh, limited to just servers and bartenders of uh, of Sir and like their immediate family. And what do you think they would have served? Like just the restaurant food? They would have, would DJ James Kennedy provide the entertainment maybe? Oh, that would have been outstanding. Right. Um, probably would have been in my in my initial estimation, not sir food, but they would have gone to Smart and Final and gotten a bunch of uh, you know frozen snacks and things and you know uh, generic brand sodas to serve. Um, but uh, having James Kennedy as a as guest DJ would have been just a phenomenal twist. I think that it would have been actually better than what they had. I understand they had like a yacht rock rock band perform, but the problem is on these shows that they can't get the rights to the music. So I see them dancing and I I can't enjoy it because they're not playing the actual music playing. But DJing James Kennedy, it would have been original music and I would have been able to participate, perhaps dancing in my own living room. Well, he is a talented SOB, so... um... You know, I, I was disappointed that I didn't get to go to his uh, 
his breakout performance at, at that other bar uh, and dance amongst his um, dozens of fans. Let me ask you this. Do you think that girlfriend of his, uh, Raquel, who looks so much like Perry Gilpin, do you think that, that she's actually in love with him or using this as an opportunity to uh, get some more exposure for herself? Well, it's pretty evident that she's only on the show uh, or dating him for the exposure. I mean, it, it, number one, the the guy is about as shallow as, as anyone that I've ever seen. So it's not like there's some deep emotional relationship that they're developing. Uh, second, there's uh, persistent cheating rumors, um, not to mention the guy's uh, well-documented problem with alcohol. So there, there's clearly not a lot there uh, at, at least in the early formation of their relationship to, to justify staying with the guy for any reason other than her own exposure um, and fame. So I also think it's strange. Uh, you know, she's so much taller than him, and he has the body of a toddler. So it's almost like she, like when they're together, it reminds me of like a mom that I would see a mommy and me placing her child in a Brewster chair. <laughs> Well, but he's got the British thing. So when you're British like that, you're allowed to be, you know, a, a skinny chicken um, like that and, and get away with it because you have the accent and you're just supposed to, you know, you can get away with bad teeth and a protruding Adam's apple and, and you know, spotty hair and, uh, and, and still somehow be considered attractive That's simply true. because of the accent. All right. So let's go back to the wedding. Um, Shay went to the wedding. She, she uh, Sheena has been pretending for months and months that they are in a spectacular place in their marriage, perhaps even considering a child at some point. The mm -hmm. story began to unfold at the wedding. Um, he looked to be miserable. What were your thoughts? I thought that he made a minimum number of camera appearances just to justify whatever payment he's obligated to earn mm -hmm. uh, you know, every episode. And they probably said, you know, look, Shay, you've been in, in the background here popping Vicodin and, and sadly drinking your life away. Uh, we, we've only gotten about 12 seconds of screen time out of you, and you're contractually obligated for at least a minute and a half per episode. So we're going to need to get you out there on the dance floor to at least stand in the same frame as your wife. And uh, that, that would be kind of the only time you ever saw him. Now, do you think it was actually Vicodin because uh, she did say that he was addicted to appetite suppressants, uh, Adderall? I thought there could be a possibility that was one of them, one of the pills, because he has lost a considerable amount of weight. And he does not strike me as somebody who goes to, like, a core power class or, you know, like one of those fitness classes. What do you think? No, he's he's not working out. That's entirely uh, drug driven well there's two things it, it, i guess he's probably off the vicodin because when you when you take that amount of painkiller medication over that long a period of time it does result in significant weight gain so just being off that stuff he dropped a ton of weight but he's probably you know gotten the uh, addiction to weight loss so yeah he's he's probably furthering that with now um like the the add medication to you know, speed up his metabolism or something and, and stay at his svelte uh, current figure. Now, he talks a lot about how passionate he is about the music and that... Wait, what kind of music does he do? I, I, I don't know. Is he like a DJ James Kennedy or is he in the background like 
uh, composing sick beats. What what does he do? I gotta be honest with you. I, I, my assumption is it's the beats. Like he's he's a beat guy. He provides beats in some capacity. He seems like a beat guy. Yeah, I think he's like, like a, I could a beat I could box. definitely see him in the background with like a sideways hat, like pushing like buttons and levers and things, and everyone yeah. being like, "Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. That's it." I also believe that he may have been the producer of her one-hit wonder songs. Several of them I cannot remember off the top of my head. There's one that's sort of catchy about living in gold or gold plaques or something. But I do think you're, you're right. It's it's a beat-ish is, business. Is that where their relationship started? No, Was I believe... Was he the producer for... I believe they went to high school together. Okay. Which makes sense. I mean, it all comes together. Wait, they, you, wait, they, didn't, they didn't meet in college? I don't know if they went to college. That, that's what I was getting at. I, I highly doubt it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, what else happened at the wedding? Lisa Vanderpump wore, did not wear pink. She wore funeral clothes. Did you think it was strange, her outfit that she wore? Well, you know, as an officiant, you're supposed to wear something that's a little more neutral like that. You, you don't want the attention to be on you. So I don't, I don't blame her wardrobe choice. Um, are you thinking that maybe it was sort of a, a morning of, uh, their, uh, the rest of their lives together? Because that's, well, yeah, it, I know it, you, there is a possibility it was a subliminal message. I just do think that it was a very, it was, it was a little too fleet with Mac for my taste. I did note that during the, um, the sermon or the speech, whatever you would call it, uh, that she did reference her own marriage, which, you know, it's like, uh, I, this is why Dan said I would be a horrible wedding efficient is that you can't make it about yourself. Um, I also noted that Stasi, when she gave a speech, she noted several times her own uh, track record for love. I, I have a problem with people in, you know, sentimental moments who bring it back to themselves. So that was a disappointment to me. Well, okay, so here that that is a component that I I do love in all these shows is is people giving advice or speaking of of you know from their personal experiences about their relationships when they've done nothing but leave a you know a, a wake of of shattered um, souls behind them. Uh, so you know, taking relationship advice uh, from a Stasi or a Kristen uh, is uh, is pretty uh, absurd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing I've, I've always noticed is that whenever you're in a, a, a wedding setting, it, somebody that's been married a long time, th- that's sort of their opportunity to, to brag about how long they've been married and how, you know, it wasn't always easy, but we always put each other first. It's like, well, none of us care. That's for you and, and your spouse. <laughs> right. You know, you've been married thirty something years. Ooh, okay. So we should we should all bow down to you because that makes you so much uh, better a person than me, who's only been married, you know, for a handful of years. Right. Um. So, you know, congrats. You didn't get divorced. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> but uh, I, I've just yeah. noticed that phenomenon, and whenever there's a wedding, you know, the parents or the longest tenured married couple feels that they have this right to get up and brag about uh, the fact that they aren't a total failure. Right. Well, also, in their wedding vows, I did think it was terrible that they both noted um, in great detail 
how they nearly never got married, uh, that their relationship basically was a shit pile, and it was only through the strength of Lisa Vanderpump that they were able to come together. Do you think it's appropriate at a wedding to point out to your guests that perhaps you may not have gotten married if it were not having someone stick a gun to your head? No, I, I definitely would have excluded that from the vows. Um, but, you know, maybe he's leaving uh, at least I, I didn't pay attention so much to Katie's because whenever she starts talking, I, I fall asleep. But when Tom was mentioning that, I, I thought, you know, maybe the guy's giving himself an out in a couple years that, you know, he's such a nice guy that he, he feels probably like he's he's asked everyone to buy into this and support him. And he doesn't want to let them down. So in a couple of years, when the whole thing flames out, when he finally just can't put up with her shit any longer, and he doesn't want the responsibility of marriage, which he's said basically all along, you know, the guy has been kind of dragged into this, right. that uh, you know he, he can sort of say, you know, there there were signs. I, 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 you know, I was worried about this back. You remember my vows? I even mentioned this in my vows, right. and everyone would go, you know what, Tom, you're you're right. We 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 don't hold it against you. You you know you tried. What do you think's wrong with his brothers? That was just a bizarre bit. Um, the one brother could barely even speak. <laughs> um, there was some sort of I, I, like, not that he was born like impaired, but he got kicked in the head by a horse at a young age type impairment. And then the other brother with the Coors Light was just pure class. Right. He was. He was. Yes. You know, there's. There's a way to get up and roast your brother or your best friend like that and have it be a little bit uh, uncomfortable. But that was just really poorly done. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think the guy really stood a chance of sleeping with any of the bridesmaids after that oh, performance. Oh, dear God, no. Yeah, Rachel O'Brien did not want to bone him, I can assure you that. That That is no. a for sure thing. Okay, uh, what did you think about Sandoval's hair extensions, standing up uh, uh, beside the groom, and also wiping his tears on the hypoallergenic dog? That was the best part of the whole episode, was him wiping tears on the dog. <laughs> um, I mean, if, if there's not a metaphor for that show, then I don't, I don't know what it is, but um, you know, I first of all, he'd be more comfortable in a dress as he's already shown. <laughs> and the fact that his girlfriend is in the suit, you know, that maybe they are perfect for each other and they maybe, should be married. Maybe, um, maybe at home when the clothes, but, the doors are closed, there's, the, you know, a swapping of clothes. Yeah. And I know we're in this this world now of, of gender fluidity and, you know, you, you can be whatever you want and still have a, a sexual preference that goes one way, even though you identify as a, a woman or some sort of trans person, I, you know, that that's not within me. Uh, I, I grew up a pretty traditional person, but you know, if it works for Tom and Ariana, then, then good for them. Uh, but, uh, I, I can't say that I've ever gone to a wedding and thought that that was the opportunity for me to get, you know, highlight extensions in my hair right. because, you know, you know that that's the that's the time to shine what do you think about um, good for him what do you think about lisa offering him the opportunity to partner with a bar at a bar called tom tom will this happen i think it's kind of cool i hope it does happen for those guys um yeah tom schwartz you you can tell again he, he shirks at the responsibility of it and 
doesn't want to let people down by not performing because uh, he knows he's not going to want to put in the effort to to have it perform at the level that Lisa expects. Uh, but uh, Tom Sandoval, uh, you know, you could tell that the guy was genuinely touched by that, and you know, he he does seek something better for himself. So I was I was uh, I thought he showed a, a genuine emotional reaction to it, and it's something that's clearly important to him. He's worked for ten years as a bartender, which is not a glamorous thing, mm-hmm. you know, for someone that comes to L.A. and they're early to mid twenties and you have all these ambitions and aspirations that you're going to do great things, but it's a tough ass town to do that. And now he's being offered a partnership with somebody who's an incredibly successful, uh, restaurant, uh, owner and, and, uh, with her backing and the publicity, he, he stands to actually, you know, do something for himself that you could tell he was appreciative of. I, I could just see spinoff written all over it. It's going to be, uh, you know, another set of shows, which is reminded me of when I was talking to Tom weeks ago. He said, I can definitely see some more uh, seasons of the show in the pipeline. And now I see what he was saying. Like, uh, it's probably a spinoff. All right. Yeah. Here. I mean, you, you, you know, what I'm what I'm most sad, you know, you've got the Jackson Brittany spinoff that that can go at least for a few episodes. Um, you've got. uh you know the Vanderpump Rules, which is a spinoff of of Real Housewives to begin with. Um, the one that I'm disappointed that we're not going to get to see is the the spinoff of Sheena and Shay, which w- you know had they just done nothing but film in their apartment and spent the majority <laughs> of the time focusing on the pictures on the walls and the the mess of a bedroom that that he had. Yeah, why, did, that, yeah, why did he have a separate bedroom and why was there a lot of aerobics equipment in it? Well, may, maybe you're right about him uh, and this whole weight loss thing. Maybe maybe he's secretly in there like doing one legged squats on the half Bosu ball. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know that 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 room looked worse than any room I ever lived in, you know, in in college. So um, what do you think about the couch, I, the leather couch with the with the drink holders? So I have mixed feelings on this because I love the functionality and comfort of a couch like that. Uh, number one, it, it took up the entire room. So they, they they clearly think that they live in like a 5,000 square foot place just based on the size of the furniture and the, the size and flashiness of the pictures on the wall. Right. Um, they, they really aren't aware that their place is about 800 square feet. Uh, right. So uh, I love a big, comfortable leather recliner couch like that, that, that just speaks to me at, at some level. But you, you got to know your place in life. You, you can't have one of those. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. So here's my other question. I had you watch that the new show, Sweet Home Oklahoma. Oh wait! Before we get into that, can we can we talk about the strange reaction that Sheena had to Shay's new ear piercings? Oh please, let's go back to that. Okay, so she's in the apartment. Uh, she's looking at her phone. There's a cameraman standing right next to her filming. Shay walks through the door. Presumably, it's the first time she's seen him in weeks. And he walks up to her and she says, "Oh God, I didn't even hear you come through the door. I'm so startled." Even though there's a cameraman standing next door to her. He, yeah, well, you know, the, the enthusiasm on the 15th take of that probably uh, was not uh, the same as, as the initial reaction when he first walked in. Right. And then we have to always remember that, that, that there is a, an element of production to these shows. Right. So he 
that that probably was not the first take. So, do you think that her what was her initial take when she saw that he had got he had someone from the piercing pagoda uh, pierce his ears with cubic zirconia, perhaps maybe even Claire's boutique? What were your thoughts? She probably thought you cleared out my bank account for this. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, it's you cleared out my bank account. They are married in the state of California. It's community property. I always love that. You you did this to my bank account. Okay. He has access to your bank account. He, you're married. Like, And yeah, by the way, his... how, how much money was in the bank account? $65? Like, what are we talking about? Here? She said seven grand. So, you know, I, look, you know, that's, uh, that's not a, a small amount of money for them. And, you know, I, I think that that that's a pretty clear indication that the relationship's over when he's clearing out their account and disappearing for six weeks at a time. Right to do beats I, uh, in a studio. <laughs> His eyes to, to do sick. He did sick beats. He did not look like he was sobs. There was no way he was uh, looked to be high, high on something. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, I, but I, it looked. I that think way. so. There's 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 something there that's not adding up, and she was right to finally cut bait. Uh, with the guy, he, he he was not uh, he was not up to the task. Another guy that should never have been married had a a woman that strong armed him into it. He was too weak to say no. He was too stoned to say no right. when it happened. Um, you know, it, it's one thing dating a person like that, but when you are married to them and you can't get away from them, that you know, as passionate as he is about music, I think he was more passionate about getting away from Sheena. Right. So. You know that that it was. It's sad. I I don't want to rip on the guy too much. He's clearly got a problem that needs some help. But she was, I think, a huge reason why he was acting the way that he was. Yeah, you know, it doesn't excuse the choice of getting earrings in your thirties, but it uh, <laughs> right. certainly well, certainly think, speaks I, to why he was behaving I, the I way he was. I think he's going to come around, and I think we'll probably see him appear on another show. I'm going to go with maybe yeah. A the, guy, the guy could end up. Yeah, it could. You know, a divorce could be the healthiest thing that ever happens to a guy like that. He can finally realize what it is he actually wants in life and get away from a toxic person. Right. Okay. So then I made you watch the new show, Sweet Home Oklahoma. Uh, It's a show about three girlfriends in Oklahoma City and um, a husband who was a former criminal defense attorney who now is a professional photographer. They're working on their marriage. They're divorced. Uh, because he had addiction issues. They have two kids together. Um, uh, one of the friends is named Pumps. Pump? Pumps? Mm-hmm. She is a divorce attorney. Divorce. The other woman, Lee, is a medical device sales lady, and she has three kids and is divorced, too. So basically, it's a show about friendship in Oklahoma City, and then they have these segments in between... Um, um, you know, in between segments, they, they show people in Oklahoma City pontificating on matters involving... Uh, you know, I really enjoyed that part. That that to me was the, that was the best part of that show is that they, they get the, the real takes from, you know, native Oklahomans. And, uh, if, if if I know one thing, it's that I really, uh, live my life based on the, uh, the, the opinions of, of Oklahomans. (laughs) So that was, that was a, you know, for me, a nice sort of, uh, uh, balancing aspect to the show that uh, that gave me a lot of, of self introspection that uh, I wouldn't have been able to to 
get without having watched it. I got to tell you, I don't know much about Oklahoma City, but it's not. I had preconceived ideas that Oklahoma City was just a bunch of ranch houses uh, tormented by tornadoes. So it was like just ripped up houses, people living in holes in the ground. Um, <laughs> Real Housewives of Orange County, Vicki Gumbelson. I just did not see it as this beautiful metropolis, which apparently it is. And I got to tell you, they went on a trip to the lake. I would definitely go on a lake trip. It looked beautiful. I think the women seem totally funny and normal and cool. I'm not so sure about the ex-husband. He seems a little bit strange, but could just be like a character. He like a seems, the, the ex-husband seems like a, uh, like a, a wider trash version of Dean McDermott. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. That is a solid, um, that's a solid observation. Yes, it could be. Um, except Jennifer is way more attractive and funny and smart than Tori. And there's no candy spelling hovering in the background. I do like pumps. I like a woman who would wear a plastic um, kitchen glove and to smoke not a just one, by the way. She, it's like she has a collection of these plastic gloves to smoke her cigarettes. I like it. I, I, I don't just, know if you noticed that, but that she changed those gloves throughout the episode. I love it. I thought, I want to party with that crowd girl. Also, I like that on the Housewives shows, it's, you know, they strive so hard to make someone look like they have this incredibly affluent lifestyle, even if they're living in on three marbles in their bank account. And pumps, you just went into her walk-in closet, and it's just like a shit pile of t-shirts and tank tops and horrible water shoes that she'll never wear again so i appreciate that it's like <laughs> ripping the band off it's not one of these like stupid housewife shows it's actually like normal funny cool people yeah it, it seemed like a, a, the, the challenge i think that they're going to have on that show is that you know what's the purpose of it are we really just following people from oklahoma around to see what they do with their spare time because that's all i got from that and you know, they, they screwed with each other a little bit, and it seemed like there is some, you know, genuine uh, friendship there, but it, it it didn't go anywhere. There, well, there was I, nothing to I, the I show. I what you're saying. I did love the scene where uh, Lee went on a date, and they were sitting behind her, and they were trying to get information from the date about a threesome that went awry. Um I do see what you're saying, though. It's They're funny episodes, but what's going to be the end game? They're going to have to throw in a couple more people. It might end up like someone's going to come in and, and like, uh, you know, someone had an affair. They're going to have to dial it up a little bit, maybe for some longevity. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Always. All right. Bye. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. I want to thank all my guests this week. The incomparable... John Gosselin, my new pal. Uh, I want to thank Rachel, Sonia Morgan's old intern, 
Steve Stock, the man, the myth, the legend. I want to remind you guys how important it is to subscribe to my show on iTunes and Stitcher. And for the love of God, will you please do me a favor? It's my birthday this week, April 4th. If you could write a review, I will repay you in jazz hands and spirit fingers. I want to also remind you to go to my website, www.loveandknuckles.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. You can find me on Instagram at, at KateCaseyCA. This week alone, Huffington Post and Yahoo Style did a piece about my Instagram pictures, so please check them out. You can find me on my Facebook page, which is Love and Knuckles. It's a great group of people who are super funny and snarky like you and me. And you can also find me on Snapchat at Love and Knuckles. I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks. Listen to Smartless. Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is JJ well, JJ. Why are you yeah. Why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a pst in the in the in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like they are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span our mystery. We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests. All right, here we, we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life. And if you're yeah, a Matthew Wondery fan, then you're going to just Neil you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now and you can listen yeah. to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.